Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hey, good morning to you. Welcome in uh, Tuesday here on the Mark Cox Morning Show. Glad that you were with us. Uh, Kim St. Anjan here. Carl Middleman uh, is in here as well. And I'm assuming, Carl, that we have... We have one Susan Thomas back today, don't we? Not yet, you don't. <laughs> we we expect we'll have Sue Thomas back today, and uh, she's not up for ten more minutes. Get all the she she'll be awake in about ten minutes, and we'll get all the details on uh, on her uh, vacation here at some point. Find out how things went uh, because we uh, we certainly missed her. Good good to have you on here today. Wow, um, are we about to go to war in the Middle East? I mean, I think that is a fair question. I, don't get me wrong. I think we should hit the Iranians hard and make them know that you can't get away with this. You know what I heard this morning on the way in? On that military base in Amman, Jordan, north of Amman, wherever it is, we've been hit 165 times by this same group. Are you talking about the group that when Trump was in office that he defunded, he took away no, funding for them? That's a different group. That I believe that's the that's the group. Um, there's there are two incidents of that. In fact, the Houthis were placed on a terrorist watch, the terrorist list by the Trump administration and taken off by the Biden administration. That there there's a group of uh, United Nations workers based in Gaza. Who, who Donald Trump quit funding in 2018. The Biden administration started funding them again when he took over in 2020, 2021. And uh, they participated in the October 7th attacks against Israel. This is a separate group of lunatics uh, in Jordan who are, have, have attacked U.S. troops 165 times. Now, not every time ended in a fatality— but but they have been after us 165 times. And what have we done? Yeah, I, I just I can't I can't help but think it speaks to the lack of understanding of, of um how you deal with bullies. I mean Donald Trump clearly understood. He took that Suleimani guy out, uh, but he didn't get us into a shooting war in the process. But you've got to make sure that the Iranians understand. You're not playing. And and with Joe Biden, they have no reason to think they can't play. So they keep playing. And we'll find out what happens this morning. Apparently, from what I can tell, our secretary of defense is awake, sitting upright, 
uh, is aware of what's going on and is promising that we're going to retaliate. But is our president doing the same? Well, it depends on what time of day it is. It's true. He does have, what, probably multiple naps? The lid could be on at 10 in the morning or the lid could be on at 4 in the afternoon. And at that point, they're not allowed to disturb him. What time does he get his warm cup of milk before his nap? Do you remember? (laughs) I, I forget his schedule. Shame on you for suggesting he doesn't know what's going on, Kim. Shame on you for for suggesting that. Uh, anyway, that's that's kind of what we're keeping an eye on this morning on the headlines here. We're we're expecting, I think, any moment to hear word that the United States has lit up uh, someplace on the outskirts of Jordan or maybe across the border in Iran. Um. We don't have anything yet that I'm aware of, but we'll keep an eye on that for you this morning for sure. Uh, We've got a pair of uh, REO tickets to give away this morning. How about that? That was a little bit of a surprise to us, too. I knew the concert had been announced, but I only found out yesterday afternoon that we were going to be able to give away some train and REO Speedwagon tickets uh, the rest of this week. And apparently they go on sale uh, Friday. There's some sort of pre-sale before that if you have access to it. Uh, but we are going to give away um, a pair of tickets, so don't worry. We'll we'll get to that a little later in the show, uh, I promise. And we got Cam Edwards coming up. We got Todd Pyro coming up. Uh, we are going to talk about the fact that now Illinois election officials, yes, you're you, my friends uh, living there in the southern part of uh, the People's Republic of Illinois, are now weighing whether or not to try to ban Donald Trump from the ballot. It was just it, it doesn't matter how many state Supreme Courts have. I think Massachusetts yesterday ruled that there's no way you could remove him from the ballot. But uh, n- no matter that. There's still crazies trying to take him off the ballot in the United States because they don't because they respect democracy. If you respect democracy, apparently you just prevent people from voting in the first place for who they want to. That's how you respect democracy. Yeah. I don't understand how anybody could even think <clears throat> that this is possible. I don't understand how some of these courts have made this decision. It, it, what a waste of time. Isn't you know it? what I mean? It, yeah. It's just a total mockery of our system. And it's it's how can somebody sit there and think that it's OK to tell me who I can or cannot vote for as far as who appears on the ballot? Well, I guess it, they're, they're trying to uh, attack him from every angle, as we've seen pretty much since the moment that uh, that he landed in office in in Washington, D.C. It's just going to drive more people to vote for him. Right. He's not going to win the state of Illinois. All of these states where they're trying this are blue states, um, which if at the end of the day, if, if, if half of them are successful, all it does is reduce the the total vote count for him, but it, it, it wouldn't affect the electoral count. Mm-hmm. It, you know, it, it wouldn't unless it happened to be the – the, those five or six swing states, and I don't think they're, they, they're going to have any success doing that there. Uh, but th- but they're still trying is the point. And we're going to talk to Jeff Manasso about this effort in Illinois coming up about uh, 8.20 this morning. Right now, Carl, let's get to the shortlist, please. The Mark Cox shortlist. And what's the message to Iran? Don't. Don't do it. What is your message? Don't. Don't, don't, don't. Well... I don't think that's worked out all that well. Uh, Wagging your finger and saying, don't you do it to your two-year-old generally doesn't result in much activity uh, uh, on their part until you pick them up and whack them on the rear end. Uh, Maybe that'll happen next. 
It's clear, obviously, that don't didn't work. Does the president have any regret over not punching back harder in any of the prior responses that he's taken? Yeah. What do you think uh, KGP's answer was to that? Any any thoughts? Uh, I'll have to circle back with you on that. Have you heard from Joe Biden's campaign arm? No. Are you interested in doing so? Do anything I can. <laughs> this is the uh, nut job, the, the wacko up in New York uh, who sued Donald Trump for defamation, uh, who won an 80 some million dollar settlement and is now promising to spend that money however she can to defeat Donald Trump with his own money at the uh, ballot box. Discussions to update Lambert's master plan and to build a new $3 billion single terminal have picked up steam in the last few months. <laughs> uh, Kim was reporting on this a little bit yesterday with uh, this uh, this plan, that this study that they've done out at Lambert International Airport. That, you know, if we could, I, I'll be honest with you, for the longest time I've thought we need to do something with that terminal out there. But, but to suggest that remodeling our airport and spending how much money to do it mm, i'm trying is to it, remember what the is what it, the amount was is it it's it's in the tens of millions of dollars of course to to redo uh, lambert international airport and if you spend all of that money doing it they want you to believe that it's going to bring five billion with a b dollars into uh into St. Louis. I see a quote from a Fox 2 article that says um, it's the director of Lambert uh, saying this. In October, we were able to negotiate with the airlines for an approval of about $331 million for several projects that will help us move forward on these initiatives and that consolidated terminal project that they've been talking about. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, Lambert Lambert Air, International Airport is a crap hole. It, 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 it's looked... It's looked outdated for many years. I, I swear the, the when air, the Martins booked their. I, I swear the airport in in like Palm Springs, California, which is tiny, um, or or uh, Melbourne, Florida, which is a tiny little airport. All of those look more updated than what we have at Lambert International Airport. For the longest time, we've needed some kind of an update out there. But don't insult my intelligence by claiming that remodeling that airport is going to bring in $5 billion in investments to the city of St. Louis. It, 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 none of that computes with me. None of that makes an ounce of sense. I want you to hear their argument on why they think that's the case. They did a study. Um, it, would, it would result in growth at Boeing. Um, nobody believes that. It, there, and there's a basic problem. I'm going to talk more about this coming up here in just a couple of minutes, because I want you to hear their logic for doing this. And I'm thinking to myself, now, wait a minute. I've lived here for 30 years now, 31 years, in fact, in St. Louis. So I lived through the W1W expansion. And I'm sure, Kim, you may not remember that one, but that cost like a billion dollars. It could cost a lot of money. And I remember Colonel Leonard Griggs telling me, once we got this built, this is going to be the airport of the future. We're going to bring... Billions of dollars of business into St. Louis. I'm thinking, okay. And right after that is when uh, American, or, or not American, TWA basically shut down 
and sold off, and we were no longer a hub. And then suddenly the amount of air traffic coming in and out of Lambert dropped in half. They didn't need that runway anymore. And lo and behold, we're not a hub. So you you have to you can't fly directly from St. Louis to most international destinations for sure, and a lot of big cities in America. Yeah, you, you fly have to, to like Chicago or connect something. somewhere else to get mm-hmm. there, and that leads that is the biggest problem that St. Louis faces. Period. End of sentence. Right there. Leonard Griggs uh, told me that years ago. Um, anyway, we're going to talk more about that in a minute. First, though, let's get to our national anthem. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Discussions to update Lambert's master plan and to build a new $3 billion single terminal have picked up steam in the last few months. I hope people see this as another symbol of confidence, not about where this region has been, but about where this region is going. Jason Hall, the CEO of Greater STL, says a new terminal and investments by Boeing could bring $5 billion in revenue and 30,000 new jobs to the region by 2032. He says a new facility would expand St. Louis's worldwide reach for travel and commerce. Look around at our peers that have been growing much faster than us over the last several decades. They've all reinvested significantly in their airport because they know it is the global connect- connection for global cities around the world. Yeah. So <clears throat> I was talking to a uh, CEO one time. It's been probably 10, 12 years ago. So it's it's been a while. And... <clears throat> We were talking, oddly enough, about the earnings tax in the city of St. Louis, and my conversation was a reasonable one. I'm like, so here's my question: If you're looking at if you're looking at the St. Louis region to relocate to, um, why in the world, despite the number of tax credit giveaways they want to do, TIFs, whatever they can do to rob uh, local schools, municipalities of tax revenue? by turning around and giving it back to you, whatever they offer you, at the end of the day, every single person you try to recruit to come to work for you knows that there is a 1% penalty tax for operating in the city of St. Louis. It's called the earnings tax. Why would you Why would you do that? He goes, well, you know, there are lots of things that go into our considerations where we're going to expand. That would certainly be one of them. He said... But Mark, he said, I got to tell you, the bigger issue for anybody relocating to St. Louis, and it's the reason we've lost a number of Fortune 500 companies out of the St. Louis region, is the airport. He said, listen, I, I'm a busy guy. I'm a CEO. I've got, I've got plants all over the country and a couple overseas. 
When I go to Lambert Airport, we don't have a private jet. We don't want to waste money on a private jet. When I go to the airport to take commercial transportation, I don't want to have to connect through Dallas or Atlanta or Minnesota or somewhere else to get there. I need I need to be in a place where there's a hub where I can fly directly to those cities and not waste three or four more hours out of my day. That's important. He said that is the single biggest challenge facing the St. Louis area. And it's been that way since TWA left effectively, right? Got got bought out. So that's why I take you back. When when I I I understand um wanting to update the airport, it needs to be updated, but don't don't pee on me and tell me it's raining. Don't don't tell me, don't don't tell me that you have proof that 5 billion dollars in new investments going to come in. Because that song and dance has been played here before. The W1W program that they instituted at Lambert Airport uh, back in, what, 2005 or something like that, they convinced the St. Louis region that if we just spent a billion dollars to expand the airport, oh, it would open us up. We It would make us just like Chicago and Dallas and and Denver and all these other big cities. So people bought into it and they spent a billion dollars on the airport out there and they expanded it and they put that big new runway in and they they tore down part of Bridgeton, ran people out of their homes, bought all those people out. It was all controversial at the time. And then TWA, um, they did it all because of TWA's hub operations and TWA went out of business and it was no longer a hub. And we were still saddled with that problem today. Remodeling Lambert Airport is not going to fix that. Until you get an air carrier willing to make us hub again, it doesn't solve that problem. But I think there's a lot of reasons why companies aren't moving to St. Louis. The yeah. airport is a contributing factor, it's but a, crime has got to get under control. And the earnings tax, I believe, is also a it, factor. It all plays a role. Yeah. They all play a role in lots of factors. Being able to get there quickly without having to connect somewhere is another big one that often gets uh, overlooked, I feel. Coming up, we'll get to Kim on a whim. We'll give away some... REO Speedwagon tickets who Kim's probably never heard of coming up in the uh, next hour. Stay tuned. Kim on a whim. The more and more that I'm watching some of these TV shows, I, I just see all of the language that they're putting in there and the plot lines that just tell me exactly what the producers, directors, how they feel about certain issues, political topics, and yeah. it, it gets really old really fast. Oh, I know. I'm not a big fan of Law & Order, but obviously it's a very popular show. So they have all these spinoffs, right? So there's one Law & Order Special Victims Unit. Well, there was an episode that just aired on the 25th, so five days ago, and it was called True Embargo, or Truth Embargo, rather, and it's getting a lot of heat because of a, a plot line um, where a white woman was sexually assaulted by a black man, and I want to play a clip from that episode. But Natalie, Jay Watson raped you. You think I forgot? How could I? This entire trial has been an exercise in reminding me. And this is your chance to do something about it. I am going to. Believe me. Because I can. I can afford therapy. I have that luxury. And maybe... One day, I'll be okay. But if that teenager goes to prison, 
He may not be. Never. I don't want that. Natalie, wait. Obviously, they're talking about her white privilege. She has the luxury of being able to afford therapy and other things to be able to help with the supposed rape that she was a victim of. She can afford therapy. The criminal can't. So, therefore, the criminal should avoid any consequences of his actions. Bingo, Mark. That's exactly what she's saying. That's exactly what they're saying. And if you're thinking, well, you know, Kim, that wasn't so overt in that clip. Let me just tell you some other little bits, apparently, that were part of this particular episode. They say, quote, we are acutely aware of the systemic inequities, there's that word, that exists with the criminal justice system. Here's another one. This is the main character talking. I can't deny there's a history of racial bias. I mean, just so many things that they they put in there. Is this Mariska Hargitay or? Yes. Is that who? That's who who said that. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there was that one um, movie that I was telling you about that Michelle and Barack Obama produced. Leave the world behind, which, by the way, I said, do not. You did. I watched it. I told you not to, Mark Cox. What did you think of it? Well, I thought it was completely woke and disgusting. Okay, and, and the and, line and, I'm talking about, by the and, way, is when they say the black people can't yeah, trust the white people. Yeah, and he, and here's the here's the reason. If you haven't seen the movie, I'm going to give you a little bit of a spoiler here. I'm sorry for that, but I don't know. The, my daughter, my wife were sitting there. They wanted to watch it. I I agreed to watch it with a open mind, and it was exactly what I thought it was going to be. They had to flood it with garbage, and here's why. What's the definition of privilege? Uh, According to them being white. I I know, but we know that's not the truth. The definition of privilege is you are privileged if you have had advantages in life that have allowed you to succeed, maybe beyond your wildest imaginations, and that give you a leg up on buying houses or buying cars or owning property or having uh, money in the bank and not having to worry about paying your bills each month, you are privileged, right? So the the primary characters in this movie who happen to be black are the richest people in the movie. That they they are they they own a house in New York City. They also own a house out on an resort island on what, 45 minutes or an hour outside of New York City multi-million dollar mansion pool in the backyard uh and they happen to have rented it out for the weekend like an airbnb kind of thing to this other couple from new york city when the crap hits the fan and then they all suddenly find themselves staying together at this house that's Mm -hmm. the that's the gist of the movie so you've got this really rich guy high society in new york you know you can tell he's a member of the philharmonic and he donates to all these charities he's a he's in the financial industry and he's got a daughter who's an absolute snot, a spoiled brat, but who has grown up in the lap of luxury. And this is the one who, at the end of the movie, tells her dad, don't ever trust white people. Mm-hmm. Honestly. But that that mm. whole theme is really sprinkled throughout the entire movie. And then you do hear her actually say that line. Yes. She's got an attitude through the entire movie. But you ask yourself... Why you mm-hmm. you're you're a you're you've you've succeeded you've you've beaten the American dream by millions of dollars you've right. over succeeded in America 
-hmm. and yet you still hold this bitterness about what? Here's the thing. A lot of black people I talk to even tell me, like, we, we don't want this, this victim mentality. We don't want you to look upon us as if we're some low-life victim that I think a lot of people want to project on them. And they think they're actually doing the kind thing by doing that and being like, it's not your fault. You this, you that. But I actually don't think they want that. They're like, w w come on, are we not capable of rising above that? Some of them are seriously born, in, born into... I mean, poverty, very bad poverty, yes. black, white. I, I, I mean, I don't think you can say one or the other. Um, it, it's just sad you, because it really has become all about race. What, what you do is you if you saddle people, if you prepare people to have low expectations of themselves, that's the result you get. Mm -hmm. if, you, if you prepare your child or you prepare society, a segment of society to have lower expectations, and then you put the because in there, you have just saddled them with feeling like a victim their whole life. Don't don't be, don't don't embrace that victim mentality. I tell my kids that all the time. Yeah, told them that since they were little. Well, it, not, it, you didn't you didn't inherit a million dollars from from your great grand. I didn't inherit any money from my great grandparents. Um, they didn't inherit any money. My my parents didn't. The, both of their parents were dirt farmers in the state of Kentucky mm -hmm. that lived on farms and subsisted off of what they could grow in addition to extra jobs that they held. Mm -hmm. That that That's not coming from a position of privilege. Right. Financially, it's well, not. Telling someone they're a victim, then you're talking about enabling them, and I would agree. I think it gives them this excuse to not really do much about it because then their thought is, well, I'm a victim. This isn't my fault. There's really nothing that I can do. Even if I try, it's not going to work. And I think we, we've, taught, we've joked about this before, Mark, but this whole idea of people fat shaming. And I, I'm not saying it's okay to sit there and make fun of somebody who's who's overweight. Um, but what I am saying is you can't just sit there and blame other people for the fact that you ate too much. Correct. Right? Like, yeah. I, I have gained weight since I had my son. I'm not at the weight that I would like to be. And I blame nobody but myself. Yes, I carried a child. And yes, I gained about 60 pounds when I carried said child. But I also ate some crappy food while I was pregnant because I was very, very sick. And <laughs> nothing would stay down. So I take responsibility for the fact that I'm not at the weight that I want to be. Well, okay? So it's not anybody else's fault. It's not my son's fault that I was pregnant. It's, my, it's on me. I'm the one who has to do something about it. Right? And now, I'm, I ate a donut and, for breakfast yesterday that you brought in, so I blame myself. My well, I, me. You're Mark's enabling fault. me, Mark. I carried those calories to you and sat them on the table and over I there next to you. And I gladly ate right it. next to you. I know. Mark's fault. I'm just sickened by the fact that people with immense amounts of privilege, like Barack and Michelle Obama, the word Michael almost came out of my mouth for some reason. I don't know why. I meant Michelle uh, I have no idea why. I, th th when I think of those two and their multi-million dollar homes on the coast and their millions of dollars for speaking fees and the fact that they co-produce a movie with that character in it saying delivering that line in the middle of a disaster, w which, to be honest with you, you know what the, the end of the day, you know what the proof was about that movie? You should be uh, you should plan and be a prepper. Yeah, pretty much. Am I right? Yeah, uh, yeah. Final, that's a, that's what saved them. Final scene in the movie. Mm -hmm. That's what saved their butts because somebody prepared ahead of time for the crap hitting the fan. Yep.
Uh, we don't know who that person was, but somebody did. The neighbor. Yeah. <laughs> the so neighbor. They had some serious prep work in their basement. And they're probably labeled the crazy. I'm sure. The crazy one in the neighborhood they until the all con- of a sudden they're the hero that saves everybody's the life. The conspiracist in the neighborhood mm-hmm. until you find out they were right. Isn't that weird? Six months. Ooh. And the conspiracy theory is no longer a conspiracy theory. That's right. That's right. All right. Coming up uh, in the uh, next hour, we're going to talk uh, a little bit more about the growing personal debt in this country and uh, what it's going to mean to people uh, if it if it continues and why it's happening is as important as any of that. A little later, we'll get to Todd Pyro uh, from Fox News and uh, Cam Edwards, my friend uh, from BearingArms.com, will join us for 2A Tuesday. We're going to be back in just a minute. Yeah, uh, Phil Collins, happy 73rd birthday today. Not touring anymore. Uh, but Carl says he can still play drums. He can. Which is how he started out. But he shouldn't. Can I just say how shocked Carl sounds whenever I tell him that I actually know who somebody is? <laughs> I know who Phil Collins is. You know who Phil Collins is? And, but wow. how do you know Phil Collins? I, I don't know. You Songs? don't know why That's you funny. know him? In the air tonight, maybe? I, I know that song. But I, I'm trying to remember where I would have initially heard that. I guess I'm, I'm, I feel like you guys are wanting me to say like a, a particular movie or something. I feel like that's his best-known song, right? Yeah, probably. And didn't um, I hear there's some weird backstory to that song? It, it's an urban myth. Mm, okay. What's Which song? In the Air Tonight. Oh. About the uh, watching his friend die. and. I've heard some weird stuff this about is, that This song. is one of my favorite uh, Phil Collins singing songs. Um, Carl, I think you can I know you probably agree. Play. You know what I'm going to play? Mm-hmm. You do? You sure? Yeah. Hold on. Doesn't get much airplay these days. I've never heard this one. The music video is even better. Yeah. Back when it was not politically incorrect to do a music video with a fake mustache on your lip so you'd look like a Mexican and popping your head up out of um, out of uh, sewer grates trying to hide from authorities as you're sneaking into the country. Do people even take the time to watch music videos anymore? Because growing up, I used to watch MTV. TRL would be on at like three something when I'd come home from school. Yeah. I was all excited to watch it. But who do, do you guys actually know. like the watch kids do music? because they get their music from YouTube? The Not TikTok anymore, dances. but here's the here's the secret to it. If you've only ever listened to music over the radio or on albums, You'll never look at music the same way again. That's not an original, by the way. I was going to say that. What a deep thought, Mark. <laughs> that was uh, that, that was, was the MTV. MTV that was the MTV punchline. Dun, da, dun, da, 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 da. With, with, You'll uh, never look Carson at music Daly? the same way again. Oh, long before no. Carson. No. Daly. Yeah, long before Carson. Mm. Daly. Yeah. It, it, honestly, in Alan the, Hunter. I, I remember what's that? Alan Hunter, one of the original five VJs. BJ's. BJ's. Lives in Webster Groves. Oh, that's Ooh, awesome. That's cool. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I love, I mean, that, honestly, that, that would, those were my formative years. And I remember being in school one day and hearing somebody talk about MTV. And I'm like, what's that? And I, oh, you got to watch this, man. They've taken uh, all of these, uh, all these musicians are, are ma- starting to make music videos of their songs. And then Hot for Teacher and I Can't Drive 55 and mm-hmm. Uh, thriller, and I mean, they were just classics, and you you could just watch it for hours. I was more awesome. like Britney Spears in sync. Yes, that was those were popular years later. growing up. <laughs>
That's you were the TRL generation. Mm-hmm. So, so I have to tell you, this, this I'm going to get in trouble for telling this, but if I tell it early enough, maybe she won't be awake and hear it. Uh, I go home yesterday, and I and I walk in, and I'm looking at my wife, and I'm waiting for her to say, you shaved your beard. Oh, she didn't know. Didn't notice. No, he told <gasps> me as he was leaving, he's like, I did this this morning. So, she hasn't so seen it. So now that gives you an out if she gets a haircut. She said and, to me. And yeah, and you don't notice. And my defense, she goes, you you didn't have a beard our whole married life. We didn't have one when I met you. You didn't have one. So you being without one is not unusual to me. And that's why I didn't notice it. I'm like, nah, okay, whatever. And then she goes, but sometimes I go and get my hair done and you don't notice. <clears throat> that I knew was that her was defense. Com- yeah, I knew yeah, that was coming. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So so Ging- I, my daughter gets home. Ginger, no. <laughs> daughter gets home. And she's looking at me and she goes, she's on the phone. She goes, wait a minute. Wait, she tells her friend, Milo, wait a minute. Did you get a haircut? You look different. You, you got a haircut, didn't you? And she, she didn't notice right away till I started stroking my chin. She goes, oh, my God, you shaved your beard. So, so neither one of my family who lives at home noticed, my wife nor but my I daughter. But I noticed I did know. I didn't you say guys. you jumped the gun and said it right away. I did notice. <clears throat> Thank you. I just, I don't know, got tired of it, shaved it off. It's funny grow, how different someone can look if I they shave their back. facial hair off. I still stand by the fact that a lot of people in those Asian countries do not have a full <laughs> beard. Carl. Weren't you getting pictures of that from your my, husband my, yesterday? Yeah, my husband. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> he agrees, though. He agrees. <sighs> Coming up, uh, we're going to talk more about some of the credit card problems and the debt in this country. We got in other news with Ethan. We got Todd Pyro, host of Fox and Friends. We'll be right back. Get more at 971talk.com. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.